Welcome to Blockbusted, the movie review podcast where two recently born turtles ask, want a race to the waves? I'm Mitch. And today we are looking at the Red Turtle and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Yeah, we didn't plan for movies that have long titles, did we? I I, I thought you were going to just shorten it to like TMNT. No, because TMNT is a different movie. No, but like TMNT Mutant Mayhem. No, I I know, but that, that was a joke. Hi Max, how's it going? <laughs> I'm not I'm not too bad. How are you? Actually recording on time this week? I know, this is crazy. Uh it's weird to record on a Tuesday, not gonna lie. After yeah, we haven't we haven't recorded on a Tuesday for a while. It's been a smidgen over time. But I'm glad we're getting it back in shape. We're gonna have more episodes out at the right time. We have a trailer now. I don't know how to get on it, but yeah, I my I tried I to do it. You, a link. you did, and I tried to do it on the phone, so I didn't want to go to my computer because it was about uh, a foot away, and it didn't really work on my phone. So I'll have to do it on the computer, and I just haven't done it yet. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, this week's theme: animated turtles. Max, what's your thoughts on turtles? I like turtles. I like turtles. They're good. You know, make sure that I put the "I like turtles" sound in there. Like I like turtle. Is that that's a thing, right? No, I like so? trains. I can't remember. There's an I like turtles one as well. I'm pretty I don't sure. Know. If there is one, I would have edited it in. If there isn't, I've probably cut this out for time or left it in to remind people that I am a silly sausage. But yeah, uh, spoiler alert for the Red Turtle and TMNT Mutant Mayhem. Let's dive right in. Did you get a dive like into the ocean? Right, okay. Like a turtle. Like turtle diving. Like turtle. In the, ocean. the Red Turtle, directed by Michael Dudok DeWitt and released in 2016. It technically has some actors, but the real stars are the animators, such as Antoine Anton, Christina Bacos, Eric Brisch, Emma McCann, and Bob Walkers. Max, what happens in The Red Turtle? The Red Turtle... What happens to the Red Turtle? A man gets stranded on an island and then has a life there. Beautiful. There's a turtle and it's red. Fucking calm. More than that kind of spoils a lot of the film. I don't know. We are doing spoilers. We We have done spoilers. spoilers. I think we usually try and, I don't know why we don't, but we usually try not to spoil in the initial summary. But I think that's it. That's about as far as we can go without spoiling the film. Without doing the the next level of spoilers, extra spoiler alert. Yeah, I even, I put a spoiler alert on my letterboxed review, which was simply just, yeah, I'd beat up the motherfucker who kept destroying my raft as well, because that felt like a spoiler. It's a really interesting film because like you kind of go it's a film that you can know even a little bit about and you know enough about from just the title alone the red turtle and if you've seen any of the promotional material you know it's about a guy who's on an island and there's a turtle or a woman and we find out later that the turtle is the woman what a twist that actually is a twist (laughs) the the fact that like anything happens in the way that it does because it's so reliant on the things that are happening rather than like dialogue because, and we haven't mentioned this yet, the movie is completely dialogue free. I disagree. Uh, they say, hey, 
Okay, so they say hey and, and I think they say dad as well. I think the son says dad. I didn't I didn't hear dad. It might have been hey again though. There was definitely like screaming sounds. Yeah, those screaming noise. I won't count that as dialogue, but they definitely say hey. But there's no like dialogic just like talking. There's, there's no back and forth or any monologue or anything like that either. Yeah, there's no there's no there's nothing more than hey. Yeah. And as a result, the movie forces you to focus in on what's happening in terms of the actual actions of the film and the yeah. what's happening on screen. And I had to actually watch the movie. I couldn't have my <laughs> phone up at the same time. Very irritating. Doubly so because it is quite surreal. Like it's not a film that makes a whole ton of sense. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll get into that. For sure. Yeah, it's 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 definitely like yeah, as you were saying, the the fact that he beats the turtle to death and flips it over is this whole big thing, but it's this it's happened to him the first ten minutes of the movie. Yeah. But I would honestly believe that anything that happens after the third attempt of him trying to get off the island is technically a spoiler beyond that point. Yeah. Like like legitimately so, I think not because I knew nothing going into yeah. this movie. All I knew was that you said it was good and it was animated. Mm. Oh no, did I know it was animated? Maybe I didn't even know that. I, I figured it out after like maybe, oh, you might have told me and I forgot probably something along those lines. Probably saw the poster and went, mm, that looks like drawings. Oh, well after, um, yeah, when I searched it up on Canopy, which is what we had to watch it through, which is a don't, weird don't library service. Pardon? Don't diss on Canopy. Not dissing on Canopy. I just think it's obscure is more what I was trying to go at. Not so much. Uh, it's a bad, it's a bad system. So on Canopy, they did have a little picture, and I saw the kid and the the the, the woman and the man on the thing, and I didn't know that there was a woman and a child in the film. All I knew about was a red turtle and a man. So I even, I mean, I don't feel cheated because there's enough of the rest of the movie in there mm. to enjoy but certainly i knew bugger all and probably the best way to watch this movie i have a bit of a little question for you yeah where did you realize the movie was going to break your heart because uh, <laughs> i realized uh, pretty early on when did it realize it was going to break my heart probably when he starts like when you see when the turtle's on the beach yeah and he flips it like he and he flips it mm. I was before that. Really? I was before that. It was when, and it was, it has a lot to do with the music as well, which we will, mm. I want to go a bit further into later, but it was when I, I think maybe three or five minutes in and there's the part where he's daydreaming on the beach and he imagines a boardwalk and he flies mm. along it and the music really picks up there as well. And I was nodding to myself. I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to feel like shit by the end of this movie. I'm going to, I'm going to die. This is going to be horrible. I'm going to have a, I'm going to, I'm going to think I'm going to fall in love with this movie and I'm going to maybe cry. I didn't cry, but it wasn't because the movie didn't make me sad. It was because I was actively trying not to. <laughs> so, so how did you yeah, like the yeah. film? Man? Oh, I freaking love this movie, man. <laughs> I didn't. So I mean, I was going to start off with a joke because I've been watching, going through the Studio Ghibli films in yeah. order of release, and this is a Studio Ghibli film, but it's definitely not where I'm up to in my watch. So I was going to 
be mean to you and say, hey, you made me jump like 10, 20 years because I'm only up to Princess Mononoke and that's 1997. This is 2016. But honestly, I don't care about that jerk anymore. I mean, I just made it, but we're going to skip straight through it. No, this was great. I, I really, I loved it. You? Uh, yeah, I I really like this film. I'm a really big fan of when animated projects, especially animated projects that have more of a unique style to them, get a little bit more of the limelight. This is an 80-minute film with, with no talking in it, made by a French studio, picked up by a Japanese, one of the biggest Japanese production studios in the world, well, in Japan, but in the world, and had a global t- release to a reasonable success. I think it made about $6.6 million in the box office. Do we know what its budget was? No. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't find that one, but, and it was nominated for an Oscar mm. the year it came out as well. And the fact that you can get all of that out of a film that is an animated film, which is normally st- like a style of filmmaking that's relegated to kids or children's comedy typically. And a film in under 80 minutes, not under 80 minutes, under 90 minutes, an 80 minute film, which is really, really uncommon, especially these days when we're looking down the barrel of three plus hour films coming out on the, on the pretty near horizon. And the fact you can do all that and make something that looks really beautiful. I really like the way they did the backgrounds as the sort of like flat, almost watercolor esque style and then have this sort of cell shaded style that I'm fairly sure was a th- like some sort of 3D thing over the top. It sort of reminded me of Tintin. I don't know if, if you got that at all. Oh, no, I do see it now that you mention it. Yeah, kind of like the old, because they have that old TV show that's animated in the same style as the comics. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's, 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 it very much reminded me of that, that sort of the Tintin comics or the original series with the thick black lines for the characters and the dots for eyes and that very like human, like humanoid and not particularly cartoony, but abstract enough that you can do a little bit of interesting things with yeah. it. And I like, I really like that still. I grew up reading Tintin and really loved it. So, so did I, yeah. Despite the incredible amount of racism that uh, in those books. Yeah, I was completely unaware that those books were racist when I read them. Yeah, look, hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah, I mean, looking at the the depiction of Asian characters is damn, that's rough. E- yeah, especially the evil Chinese characters. Shit, yeah. they, that is it's it's bad. I have on my bookshelf one of the collected editions of the one that includes Tintin in the Congo. Oh no. Oh no! It doesn't hold up. No, I love it, but it does not hold up. It's not good. You mentioned Oscars. Do you remember what else came out in twenty? Well, what do you remember? What else was nominated for the twenty seventeen Oscars for animated films? My gut wants to say The Wind Rises. No, wasn't The Wind Rises. No, Wind Rises was not here. It was around the same period. I don't recall I when Moon Rises came out. Do you want to tell you? Yeah, go. So we got Moana. Yeah, also a movie about the the ocean wanting to leave the islands. My life as a courgette. Still haven't seen that, and it looks really good. And 
I can't believe I still haven't seen that, honestly. This was the first year I really got into Oscars as well. Mm. Um, now that I think about it, I'm trying to think if I can pull any more now that you've given me a hint. Yeah, let's uh, see. We, there's one more Disney film. Yep. And then there's the same studio that did The Missing Link. Yes. I can't remember that name, but. It is Ardman. No, Leica. It was Leica. Yeah. And it was Kubo and the Two Strings. Correct. Which is great, great movie. I remember seeing yeah. that in theaters. I remember you talking a lot about it. Yeah. Stop my thing. Same year, Disney would have been. Oh, I'm not sure. This is also the movie that won the Oscar, by the way. So Red Turtle did not win. And neither did Kubo and the Two Strings. Yeah. Never did Moana. And Moana didn't. And My Life as a Courgette did not. So this is the movie that actually won the Oscar this year. And I feel like it was a snub. I feel like it was a snub. Well, it def- looking at this list, I and the fact that Red Turtle's on this list, I definitely agree with you. What was that? I can't remember. It's Zootopia. Oh, no. It was definitely a snub. Look, Zootopia is good, and I like it, but- hmm. I'm not saying Zootopia is bad. Red Turtle is so much better. <laughs> I've seen, because I've seen, I've seen Moana, I've seen Zootopia, and I've seen Red Turtle. I haven't seen My Life as a Courgette, and I haven't seen Cuba and the Two Strings, but I feel like I could guarantee that neither My Life nor Cuba could beat Red Turtle. Because most films don't get this reaction from me. Mm. I hi- so I highly doubt we'd we, we get two others that do the exact same thing so quickly, one after the other. Yeah. I I remember this year, like this year in like was one of the first years I was really, I started getting into animated films and like, yeah, it was the first year I was really following films in general and actually got, went out of my way to go and watch a lot of these films. And Red Turtle was one of the ones I missed, unfortunately. That would have been so nice to see in the cinema. I know. (laughs) Damn. And I don't know. I really think like a lot of those movies, like Kubo really, especially for me was, one of the movies that made me want to start thinking about pursuing animation as well. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a shame that I didn't go and see this one as well. Cause yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And it's a really beautiful film that is, I feel like it's almost abstract enough that you can sort of push whatever message you want onto it in a way. I think there is, I think there's a, I, th- I think there's a message, but I think it's like loose. I think it's a loose. I think it's about life. It's just about life in general. It's mm. that's the message, really. It's about death and then living, uh, failure, persistence, success, making a family, losing a family. Mm. It's it's about everything. It's about the cycles you go through, and I don't I don't believe you could really put one meaning onto it. It's a it's a microcosm of what we as a human experience. That's what I saw it as, at least. Mm. Not to sound too wanky. No, I agree. I I, I remember, like, oh, well, I remember, I, I was sitting watching the film, and you get to the point where he's beating this turtle to death. Oh. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I keep bringing it up. It's so sad. And I was like, oh yeah, it's about nature. I got it. It's gonna be about the environment. I mean, it's about that too, though. No, I, yes. And yeah. I, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to say it's not, but I remember seeing there going like, yep, very, very convinced. This is what the thesis of the film is going to be. And then yep. you have another hour of the film in which yeah. like, it's sort of about that, but it's mostly not. And you kind of go, Hmm, cool. I think I'm lost. 
but it's it's almost nice. It's almost nice to be lost. It's it's a good film to be lost in. Just like the man on the island, he's lost too. We Whoa. just like the man become lost, and you kind of just get to sit back and experience this film and watch it. It's a it's a beautiful film to look at, and as you're saying, it's in the intro. It's all down to the work of these really amazing, talented artists and animators that put this together. Sorry, just the um, the names I gave, I picked, I cherry picked off of the IMDb. There's a lot more. I honestly couldn't tell you which ones are more or less important than each other. So I just decided to kind of grab a few from the from different parts of the list. But there's a few more, and I, but I can't list every single animator, unfortunately. But I do believe they're the ones who should have been mentioned up the top instead of the voice actors who do a fine job. Hmm. But the point is more that the voice actors aren't what make this film at all. It's really, it's the art and the music who, oh shit, I didn't check who did the music. Give me two seconds. I can do it and lickety split. Watch this. Check this out. I did pick up in the credits that it was performed by the Macedonian Radio Symphony Orchestra. Laurent Perez Del Mar gave it to the Macedonian Symphony Orchestra. Macedonian Radio Symphony Orchestra. Dang. Well, they did a brilliant job, and so did Miss Mr. Ma Delmo. Would Delmar be the last name? Or I don't know. I'm not looking at it. <laughs> that's fair. Let's just say Delmar, because there's four names in there, and we can split it in the middle. Man, that music. Oh, I've I've been I listened to it on the tram going to uni this morning, and wrong choice, especially because I a group of kids. And when I say kids, I mean six-year-olds who were obviously on an excursion from school because they had uh, chaperones with them, teachers and parents. Yeah, Jumped on too, and I'm just trying not to cry as a little six-year-old <laughs> sits next to me and I'm looking down at them with the others caught in my eye and they keep bumping me with their back. And I understand why they did that. They're little kids. They don't get it. But I was not in the mood to be dealing with that at that point in time. Um, yeah, because I had to watch this movie the night before, last night even, right before going to bed because it was the only chance I really got to watch it. And getting into bed after watching that, just kind of lying, staring at the ceiling going, yeah, I didn't need to sleep tonight. It's fine. I I, I could obsess about every little thing in my life right now. That's mm. cool. I don't mind. Th- this movie, it, its little fingers got into my brain. It's, it's, it's sitting there right now like a little goblin just poking at my neurons. It's horrible, but I love it so much. It's like a parasite that you don't, it's like the venom suit, I guess. I don't know. Most parasites aren't that helpful or nice. Also venom is a symbiote. It's a symbiote. That's what they call it in venom too. I know. It's a symbiote, not a, but yeah, basically it's, it's just hanging out on me, sucking up my mental energy and, and I'm, I'm letting it stick around. I'm not, I'm not purging it. I loved it. How about you? How did how did has the movie stuck around for you? I like. I'm not gonna lie. I pretty much just finished watching it, so I'm still gonna let it sink in a little bit. But damn. Uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely film that makes you think about yourself. And like I was I was sitting there in the scenes where like he's living with his family and and going like, where do I see myself in the in the future, where do I see myself with my partner and growing old and sort of thinking about like the way that we live and the way that we will live in the future. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's a very contemplative film and 
it does a really good, like, I keep saying it does a really good job because it does, but it, like, again, it does all this without the need for dialogue. It does all this within the location of just one island. There's a handful of different spots on the island. There's like the beach, the bamboo forest, and the like, lake and the rock. I guess the ocean itself as well. Yeah. And it makes a place that should feel so confined, this really big place, I felt. Like it, it had this sort of oxymoronic effect where mm. it was both like contained when it needed to be small, when he's trying to escape, when the tsunami hits, for instance. Oh my goodness. Right, right when it hits, it's everything's tiny. And then as soon as it needs to be big, it's huge. And like, yeah, I think the tsunami scene does this really, really effectively. It's everything becomes this microcosm of itself. It, it, it focuses in on these characters really, really tightly and then immediately makes them incredibly distant physically from each other, even though they're in this like quite small space when we think about our typical understanding of like film set or, or, or a location for a film. Yeah, I totally agree. It's an incredible feat in art direction and, and framing. And I, I want to actually zoom in a bit on the framing because it does what the movie itself as a story does, which is it's super efficient and super I noticed this really early on. Basically, most of the time the camera or yeah, the camera will pick a shot and then just kind of stay there. And all the information you need will be in that shot and it will linger there. And if a character's reacting to something off screen, it doesn't quick cut to whatever it is. It lets you linger on what the character's doing. And then it'll immediately switch straight over to what they're reacting to after you've managed to figure out what's going on. And it's kind of what the movie itself does in general. There's no, there's, there's no fat in this film. Yeah. It's, uh, we used the word efficient last week to describe past lives characters and how it zooms in on just three. Yeah. This whole movie is efficient yeah. in the most beautiful way possible. Mm. It's not, it, there's, sorry, you go. You yeah, go. no, yeah. <laughs> I, like I remember being in, at uni and, and being constantly told like, what can you cut out? What can you cut out? What makes the story more effective? What makes the characters more interesting? And this is a prime example of that. It, it takes everything that's unnecessary and gets rid of it. And what you're left with is, is just the concentrated sort of essence of the film. And yeah, not only does that mean you've got these, shots which are quite interesting in terms of how we think about shot reverse shot sort of reaction shot sort of things and being able to linger on character expression and reaction but also the fact that it fits it all in in 80 minutes like i i'm i'm still blown away by this this is a feature length film that we've come to sort of have a standard of 90 minutes or more and this film kind of goes well i don't need 90 minutes to tell this story I can I can tell this story in eighty minutes and be better than a story told in two in one hundred and eighty minutes because it knows exactly what it wants to get at. They're looking directly at you, Zack Snyder, you piece of shit. But it knows exactly what it wants to get at, and it, yeah, it boils away all the fat until you're left with just these like crystals of goodness. I think it's exactly right. Crystals. It's it's been pressured down. It's been the the whatever the thing's been boiled away. The 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 leftover has been reduced and it's been just perfected into this 
one little ball of purity, pure, amazing cinematic goodness. I do actually have one criticism, though. Mm. The ever so short section where we see the the sun for the first time. Mm. It just drags ever so slightly for me. I, and I don't know. And it's it's such a nitpick, I know. But the movie was doing such a good job beforehand. And then it's so good afterwards. That that middle part where the sun is first introduced. Because the sun's fine afterwards. But when it's first introduced. And I still like it as well. I, it, just, it just for some reason didn't work with me ever so slightly. Which is why I couldn't claim the film to be overtly perfect. I think it's like 99.9% perfect. It's just that one smidgen of a bit that gets me. I don't know about you, but I just, it took me out for a couple of seconds or maybe a minute or so. And then I was right back in. I don't know. I, it's such a nitpick as well, but I, it's a, it's a nit. I pick of a, of a beautiful sweater that otherwise would have been amazing to put on in the beautiful turtle. Turtle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I actually do have a question. <laughs> Another question for you. <laughs> Would you have killed the turtle? Okay, so I'm I'm still trying to like wrap my head around this. So if if you want to go for like a literal, like literally, would you have killed the turtle? The dickhead who keeps stopping you from leaving and you found you found them, would you kill them? It was it's a turtle. You, nice. You've you've seen three instances of it targeting you. The third time, I know, the first two times, first two times you don't know what it is. Third time you can figure it out because it does exactly the same thing that it did the first two times. But this time it taunts you as well because it sits on the water and then it goes under, smashes your shit, and then bull rushes you just to stare you down. Would you kill the turtle? <sighs> I don't want to kill the turtle. I don't want yeah, to kill either. the turtle. I would probably do it though. I'd be really angry. I don't blame him, honestly. <laughs> I, I can see why he did it. I guess like, yeah, so there's obviously like this high, higher level of what the film's trying to get at in terms of themes. If you were to like break that down more literally, I was I was trying to I was just thinking about this, which is uh what happens if you go, well, this is obviously a fantastical, it's a surreal film. What happens if you go, well, okay, he's imagining this because he's on a deserted island and dying. That's a boring way to view the film. I know, I know, I know it is. And the fact that like it sort of ties up with him dying at the end of the film as well and that mirroring the beginning of the film where he's on the beach and that sort of like cyclical sort of thing. But the one, the one thing that like really like I guess I struggled with the most is that he he beats this turtle to death. Like I, I can't see it as, as anything other than he beats the turtle to death and it comes back to life as a woman. It didn't die from him beating it though. He He it it died from him flipping it upside down so it could not move. Yeah, which is worse. Worse. It's it's worse. Yeah, <laughs> it's worse. So he kills this he kills this turtle in the most inhumane way I can think of. Oh, when he was doing it, I was like, no, don't, please. It dies. Yeah. This is how I read it. It dies. It definitely it dies. into the woman. Yeah. And then they fall in love. Yep. This is the bit that, like, I think is preventing me from fully enjoying this movie, which is that I I don't understand, and maybe I'm missing something, like, genuinely, maybe I'm just missing something. Mm-hmm. But I don't understand how a character goes from I hate this so much to I love it 
without kind of going like, oh, it's a woman now. I love women. Well, I think, sir, I agree in technicality, but I think the idea, I think first of all, you see him try to revive the turtle before it's a woman anyway. Mm. So, and then he gets really depressed about that. He regrets his decision to kill the turtle. That's, I, I, and he realizes what he did was just out of mm. anger in his situation, not so much at the turtle itself. Mm. Then it turns into a woman, which he cares for. Or he nurses back to health. And then uh, the woman pushes away her shell. He pushes away his raft. There's, there's, there's got to be a read here, and I'm sure it's something along the lines of because what I what I figured it was about was kind of about the first part at least is about perseverance because mm. he keeps trying to leave the island, and you see this really early on too when he falls into the cave and he has to go underneath. Which, by the way, if I was on that island, I think I would have just died in that cave because I would not have <laughs> gone through that um crevice. Yeah, wait, wait, like. I was sitting there and it's like, oh, this is not comfortable. Now, I do a lot of things in this film that were just not very comfy. No, um, they really wasn't. He gets bumps wasn't. crawling him a lot. Yeah, it's gross. There's, he eats some stuff I probably wouldn't. The sun eats grass off the bottom of the sea. I don't trust it. I wouldn't trust it either. But back to my reading of, I believe, so he's, he's about perseverance at first a little bit, and but then it's also about no matter how much you persevere, sometimes a solution won't work. And something you can't fix what's going to happen. That's just life. Mm. Then when he kills the turtle, that's kind of a representation of people lashing out at what they believe is the issue. Mm. The problem is that the turtle is the issue. That's where my theory falls apart. <laughs> but I think there's a level, there might be some level of that the turtle maybe is not acting on its own accord or something like that. And it's it's hard for me to really kind of narrow that part down. But then he falls in love with the turtle and cause the turtle t- turns into a woman once he lashes out. And so maybe it's a bit of a representation of coming to terms and finding the light in the situation, the bad situation you've tried to crawl out of, but haven't been able to. So then you're able to transform it into something else. That's kind of what I got yeah. from it. As mentioned before, there is issues with it. I, well, will def- I, I think <laughs> yeah. you're sort of like hitting on it, which is like, it's sort of this movie is sort of about transformation. It's, it's, it's the, he, changes his ideas from I need to escape to I have to live like I can live with this circumstances in which they're existing change the time is changing the child changes and moves away and they they changes as characters and again the cherry on top is the fact that the turtle changes into the woman and vice versa at the end of the film yeah I, again you're, you're like you're talking you talked about that scene where he's pushing away the raft as sort of like a symbol of him showing to this woman who I think we kind of get the impression doesn't really trust him at this point. I would agree. Cause he killed her. Yep. <laughs> uh, and he's sort of offering to change his outlook and show vulnerability to attempt to change the way that he's thinking about his situation. And then that sort of, I guess like that, that's sort of my best like analysis of that. And the best, like, I guess, reconciliation in my mind for the big, the what I see as the biggest issue with the film. Yeah. I can totally see there being some, there's a level of buy-in I think you have to have, mm-hmm. and it's a buy-in you have to bring yourself. And mm-hmm. I don't, and the, that's, that's a fault in the film. It's just lucky that I had the buy-in, but I don't expect, I wouldn't, now that you, I'm glad to see that maybe not everyone have, would have that. 
I was more than willing to go, oh, they're cute and they love each other now and that's adorable. But I can definitely see it it may require for other people it may require more more. That's it. <laughs> I really also feel like this is gonna be a film that will get better the more times you watch it. Oh for uh, sure. It, it feels like one of those films that it doesn't have anything that necessarily pins it in any point in time. Oh, I think his dress does. I think he, I think it's like an 1800s, 1700s because the way he's dressed makes me think it's that's that's the type of thing sailors wore back then. I think even that, like it's, I think it's vague enough that it doesn't matter too much. I mean, there's nothing else that you see. Yeah. Oh, the bottle. I think the bottle actually maybe does it too. I again, I th- I think it's it's too vague to go like it's definitely this time period. We you can sort of guess like oh, it might be it might be set around this time period or they used that for the sake of in production but they it uses that it uses a visual style that's reminiscent of a comic book from the 50s that came out of belgium watercolor style that's predates that and nothing else that really discerns it and being any particular point in time and then the story itself is one that can be revisited at, at many points in your life and is about that journey and about the transformation if you will of of you as a person as you as you go through your life wonderfully said i have a bit of a funny question for you now okay this is going to ruin the mood that we've built but i I, this was something i thought of kind of around the middle section when he had a family and i was wondering what you thought do you think every single time he and the woman have an argument He'll say something along the lines of, oh, you don't do the jungle dishes or like something like that. Like you, yeah. you've left, you left my jungle slippers out or something. Yeah. Or you, 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 the toilet, the jungle toilet's dirty. And she'll always counter with, yeah, well, you killed me. So, <laughs> so you know, like, do you think that's like a, that's like a trump card she's always had? Or? Uh, it's gotta be, right? Yeah. If, if you killed your partner and they came back to life, you could never win any debate ever. It's so true. She has the ultimate trump card. You'd have to hope. You'd have to kind of make a way to get her to hurt you in some way. So you'd head up. You set up these Rube Goldberg, Goldberg like machines, where an action they would do would then culminate in you getting maybe that hit seems by a, way too elaborate. It also seems extraordinarily toxic. So I would hope not. Great film, <laughs> and completely unwarranted of that question as well. But I was just I was wondering that by the end of the film, I wanted to know what you thought as well. <laughs> Uh, are you ready to give it a, a rating or would you like to say more? No, let's, let's rate it right away. All right. I'm giving it four turtle mating grunts and a slight turtle flirtation out of five. <laughs> the turtle flirtation, that's a 0.5. So it's 4.5. I gave it four attempted voyages on increasingly bigger rafts out to sea out of five. He makes some big rafts. He he makes Damn. them big, and he makes them bigger each time. Yeah, the first one wasn't small either, mm. and then it it just gets massive from there. Mm. That turtle has a strong head, or maybe mm. it uses its back. That would make sense. All right, you, we all know what time it is. I said you. I was good. You, you know what time it is. I know what time it is. You know what time it is. Everyone knows what time it is. Are you going to say it? No, it's your job to say it. Oh, fuck. We did this last episode and now we've done it again. It's Max and Mitch's mini media. Do you want to? You went first last time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So me, I'll go. Yeah. What'd you, what'd you mini media this week, Mitch? 
Uh, I actually have a bit of an interesting one. So my mum's currently overseas. I won't say specifically where, but she's enjoying herself over there. And she's having a great time from the images she's sending over. And I would often see my mum and dad at least once a week. I live out of home. And so I like to, you know, stay up to date with them because I love them. I know, weird. Anyway, so while my mom's been away, my dad and I have been enjoying watching a movie about once a week or so together because we're watching stuff that I don't know if mom would really enjoy, but it's from my dad's DVD collection. So it's at least ones he's, he enjoys. And last night was my weekly father visit and we watched The Adventures of Robin Hood, 1938, starring Errol Flynn. And then we also did a double feature of watching a about a 50 or so minute documentary on how it was actually made, which came on the uh, special features second disc. I, I miss I miss special features. Netflix stole something from us and it was the second disc in a DVD set. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was so lovely to put a disc into a machine, run said disc then dad and i both turned to well my dad pulled out the uh the the cartridge not the cartridge the cover to put the disc in and he was looking at the back going oh look at all these special features and i had done a quick look and had seen that there was a documentary and i said to dad oh chuck it here i want to see something the documentary was on the back of that bad boy and i said dad do you want to do you want to watch the documentary on this and he goes yeah let's watch the documentary and we watched the documentary it was so much fun a great time the adventures of robin hood it's an old movie uh, it's coming up on 90 years now in, in, in 2028. It'll be 90 years. So obviously it's dated. It has to be. There's no other way to get around it. But it looks really good. It's a real, it's, it was done in Technicolor, which is it was one of the first few films done in Technicolor, or at least for Warner Brothers. And Errol Flynn, this is the first movie I've seen of Errol Flynn. Obviously, I've heard about him before. He's a legend. Would you agree? You've heard him. I'm sure you've heard about him as well. Yeah. He's, I get why he's a legend. He's really good. My dad and I were making fun though. Robin's a bit of a dick. Uh, he's, a, he's a bit of a prick even, but Errol Flynn's actual performance is really good. And it's just a really fun film with really pretty good actual sword fights, some good stunts. It turns out all the arrows you see shot into people were actual stunt people taking arrows being shot by one of the best marksmen ever what the hell? apparently you paid more money you were paid more money for each shot you took i mean cool i guess it's the 30s <laughs> uh we found out that the the composer corn gold something something corn gold uh surprise surprise a jew actually his life was saved by this movie because he left oh, was it Switzerland or he, he left um, middle uh, middle uh, Europe to come do it. And if he hadn't, he would have been caught by Hitler. So that's pretty, pretty interesting. But just in general, no, great film. Watch it if you're in the mood for a swashbuckling good time. Oh, if you've seen Robin Hood Men in Tights, a lot of things are going to make sense in that movie. My dad and I could not help but reference Robin Hood Men in Tights throughout the watching of this because it's obvious that's what they did mm. the the parody off of Carrie L's is doing an Errol Flynn impression mm. and he does a brilliant one too. Also watch you know do a double feature. Watch <laughs> The Adventures of Robin Hood and then smash directly into the 1998, I think. Or oh, maybe sure. somewhere in the 90s, Mel Brooks classic, Robin Hood Men in Tights. You'll have a great time, I think. 93. 93 shit. Oh well. I knew it was the 90s. But yeah, that's my mini media.
It was great. How about you, Max? What was yours? I had to do a bit of a stretch this week, given that we recorded on Saturday and it's now Tuesday and I've not had a lot of time in between. Yeah. I mean, we regularly record episodes on the same day and have a good schedule and release schedule and don't haven't have any issues. We didn't release two episodes in the same weekend to make up for lost time. Never, we never would do that. As you know, Mitchell, but our viewers don't know. Listeners, our view, view listeners. Visners. The, the potty heads. Pod heads. Potty heads. Yeah. Potty heads. Pod, pod heads is too much. Just people who smoke weed. It has to be potty. It can't yeah. be pod. The TikTok auto caption said no. No weed allowed. Our potty heads might not know that I recently went back to Taekwondo training after an extended hiatus and recently earned my black belt. It's the last week of the school term. It's based around school terms because, I don't know, it's sports. And the head instructor at the club I'm at is a very funny man, and he likes to play music while we're doing training. So this week, as a little treat, while we were doing jumping, turning, hook kicks, I couldn't do them. I, I kind of just went, uh, and jumped. And they're like, yeah, it's good. I'm like, no, it's not. But okay. We got to re-experience because I have experienced them before and I know you have experienced them before. Oh, I'm excited. Wonderful collection of Weird Al Yankovic's poker medleys. Can't read my, can't read my, no, he can't read a my poker face. <gasps> so I just want you to imagine in your mind, there's two large groups in this mm-hmm. class. There's adults. So my age and older. Mm-hmm. And then there's a bunch of kids who are like 16-ish. These kids have never heard of We Don't Young Fig because he stopped making albums a couple of years ago. Oh. He did. Yeah, he's only doing singles and stuff now. Oh, okay. I was going to, sorry. I confused albums with music. My bad. But he's not doing any ma- like major release stuff anymore. I think he did like... The Hamilton poker. No one else was in the room where it happened. And he did. He did go on tour this year. He went on tour and he did the movie as well. Have you seen the movie, by the way? I haven't yet. It's good. It's on Paramount. Watch it. Imagine a group of kids who have no idea who this guy is and a group of adults who know exactly what this is. Yes. Trying to do jumping kicks while you're hearing this. Gonna in, we're going to insert the, a little oh, clip. Here. Okay. Which song is it though? Just so I know. <laughs> it was like, we listened to like three of the different Poker Medleys. Oh, so, Poker Medleys? Yeah. Oh, I'll, um, what, will I, what will I do? I'll grab something from the middle of one of them. Maybe yeah. the, the, the fuck. Uh, <laughs> sure. Yep. I didn't realize Push was on one of them. I want to push you around while Songs push. You know, I wanna push you around. around. You could just said the Barbie song. I would have known that. (laughs) Yeah, that's on one of them. I did forget that one, but very fun. I haven't listened to a lot of them in a while. Always good to go back and have a listen. Uh, If you haven't listened, like I found out my partner hasn't listened, go listen. Dumper. It's one song. Dumper. Or three. She needs to be dumped. I'm sorry. That level of lack of culture is. Go listen to Weird Al. 
Crows and the Red Wheeled Out. I have been to one concert that isn't performed by a symphonic orchestra in my life, and it was a Weird Al concert. <laughs> Dude, you need to get out more. No, I think that's a brag. I also don't really like concerts. They irritate me. They're always too loud, and I can't skip the music if I don't like the song that's being played. <laughs> Also, it's so stressful because everyone's shouting and then people sing along too. And I want to tell them to shut up because I'm there to hear the artist sing, not the person next to me. It just comes, it stems from a lack of good hearing though, honestly. It just hurts my ears. I'm sure our listeners will hate me no matter what I say. All right. (laughs) Run the tape. We're going to finish off this episode with a deep dive into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. You got to play the theme song from the cartoon. Uh, yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, I'll. I'll go into this after I've done the intro. Um, directed by Jeff Rowe and Kyla Spears and released in 2023. It stars Nicholas Cantu, Micah Abbey, Shimon Brown Jr., Brady Noon, and Ayo Edabiri. Those are all the people who play the Turtles and April. Obviously, there's a whole list of people who are a lot more famous than them who play other characters, but I figured it was important to mention the five core people instead, who also maybe need the shout out oh, yeah from us but maybe need the shout out a bit yeah, more all, than the other like 16 of our regular listeners go yeah. get these people more work yeah go see this movie because it's good oh sorry do the, do the what's it about max <laughs> uh teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem is about four turtles who live in a sewer who get covered in ooze Oh shit! I wrote goo, didn't I? You did write, yeah. You did write. I mean, goo. sorry, was you said ooze. I, yeah, I wrote in my notes goo, and um, I actually meant ooze. Is this is a brilliant happened. joke that we have running that I don't yep. write these. <laughs> this is brilliant. What do you mean you don't write these? I mean, this is a brilliant thing that we never say. Four turtles living in the sewers get covered in ooze, along with a rat who is like middle aged for rat. In rat years, I guess. It's like two weeks. And they grow up in the sewers, afraid of humans, and thus learn to be ninjas. But over the course of the film, learn that maybe humans aren't so bad. But also mutant mayhem happens. Oh, yeah. So (laughs) the other other important bit of this film, you know, the, the actual like, the titular mutants the, 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 and the mayhem. <laughs> so the ooze was also distributed to other animals by a scientist who dies in the first five minutes of the movie. It's not he important. Doesn't die. I didn't think he died. I thought he was just kind of dragged away. I thought he died because like, otherwise wouldn't he like recover all of his specimens? I thought he was like kind of captured. Anyway, point is, is he's not important. How dare you call Giancarlo Dis- Esposito as a Desposito? <laughs> Giancarlo Esposito, how dare you say he's not important? He was in it for five minutes. Not even. But, not even but he's the minutes. chicken man. He's the polar guy from Breaking Bad. Uh, <laughs> there's other animals that have been oozed, such as a rhino and a 
stingray and the fly. The fly is important. The fly is the most important one. The fly is the most important one. He's voiced by Ice Cube. Who turns out to be an, maybe an anti-Semite? Didn't know that one. Yeah, I only found out recently too, and I was severely disappointed. It's also maybe, that's not confirmed. Those that He made some comments that were sus, I think is what I should say. Right. But I don't know. Does he know Kanye? I mean, everyone knows Kanye in quotation mark, but does he know Kanye? But these other ooze mutants decide that they're going to wreak some havoc on the streets of Manhattan, and who's going to stop it? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, did you want me to cut in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? No, no I, I, I don't know. Maybe just see how it sounds. <laughs> yeah, I'll play it by ear. I'll do a little like, like right there because comedy. It's good. It's a good movie. <laughs> what did you think, Max? I really liked it. I had a lot of fun. It's really well written and the core cast, the four turtles in April, all have really good chemistry. Mm-hmm. If you have any, if you look into how they recorded this film, it's really interesting because typically you wouldn't record, even in an ensemble cast like this, you typically wouldn't record the whole cast together. But they made it a point of this film that they wanted all of the, te- the teenagers, the actual teenagers who voiced the turtles to be in the same room while recording and like kind of be a bit loose with the script. And it really comes through. Yeah, I saw this with my partner. My partner works at a school and works with lots of teenagers. Her takeaway, they sound like real teenagers, which is good. The performances are really authentic and funny. And the way that they interact as characters is really funny and really well written. And on top of that, you still get that layer of like heart, heartwarming goodness that you want out of a film like this. Oh, um, yeah. you, you get from um, Splinter, voiced by Jackie Chan. This is a loaded oh. cast. I, I know, I know you, the, you did the bit at the start of the, at the start of this, but this cast is like genuinely one of the most loaded casts. I remember seeing the original trailer and showing you the trailer. You brought this to my attention because you said, I, I heard that they were making this, but I didn't care because I have no, connection to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mm. before this movie and you said no have you checked out the cast though and I said no no I haven't and then I don't think you I don't know if you showed me the trailer or if you just gave me the list but to say my floor my floor hit the jaw my jaw hit the floor yeah that's what happened my I was like, yeah it's it's absolutely stat cast and and frankly the kids are the best part of it they're brilliant they're really really fantastic and for a great performance and I'm really excited to see what they do next. And I'm actually really genuinely excited to see what they do with this franchise. There seems to be a sequel confirmed. So yeah, they did. They did like do the, do the setup for the sequel at yeah, the, end of the film as well. But let me tell you something. So I did a little research today and a little research equals watching the two Michael Bay produced Teenage Mutant Ninja oh, Turtles. No. And don't then do, also watching- then also watching 2007's TMNT, which is actually good. The, that, is that the live action one? It's 3D. No, it's a 3D one. The Michael Bay ones. The Michael Bay ones. Live action. Yeah. I can't remember what years they came out, and I'm not putting that information to my head either because I don't care because they are horrible. 
you were talking about them sounding like teenagers in this shit. I, I, that was a thing that I actually heard about is that this is the first time, this is the most authentic teenager they've ever sounded. And watching those three films, two of which are the same cast. So I, it's like, they kind of joined, but yeah, assuming that the rest of them have sounded like this and it, TMNT, that's what it's actually called, by the way. It's not, uh, that's it, it, the, the title of the film is the abbreviation. TMNT is good, but still they don't sound like teenagers, even though they keep saying they are teenagers. This is the, this is this, I believe they are teenagers. They sound like it, which is kind of funny as well though. Cause <laughs> just go back to the freaking Michael Bay one. They've got like maybe 20 to 30 year old men and they're like, mm. yeah, we're teenagers. <laughs> And, and you go, damn, you must have been really hitting up on that testosterone, <laughs> bulking up. Teenagers bulking up for real, for real. What's in your, what's in your school lunch? Oh, dude, the, 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 no, I know we're supposed to be talking about this one, but can we talk? I did the research. I need to talk about this. We're doing a mini review of the Michael Bay produced, because he didn't direct either of them, by the way. They're directed by two different people. But the Michael Bay produced... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle films. So Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows, which by the way, they don't really come out of the shadows in that one. They remain somewhat in shadows. Like they they kind of do, but not really. It's like, it's like a government secret. Beforehand, it was a secret secret. But anyway, uh, they, they, they're so terrifying. <laughs> they look like monsters. And there's a point where you don't see them for a little while because... They do this weird shithouse intro where they do the, the the origin of the turtles, and it's Splinter's going, my sons, <laughs> whatever, fine. And then we get a proper introduction to April O'Neil, who's played by Megan Fox, who's really not the issue in this movie, but she's not good either. And... You get this, and then they they hide the turtles for a good 20 to 30 minutes, which is a great juxtaposition to this movie where they basically appear maybe 10 minutes in, maybe five. I don't know. How long is that intro? Six? No, it's a scene. Yeah, it's like like one sequence, and then you get the turtles pretty much immediately afterwards, Mm. and you get to watch them and get to learn about them, and they're likable. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the Michael... I want to not likable. I want to punch them, but I also don't want to punch them because I'm afraid they'll eat me if I do. <laughs> it's just horrible. But so this movie, I shouldn't have done the research is what I, is what we should take away from this. I was going to watch the Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies as well, but I ran out of time. I was just finishing up TMNT before we started recording. This is definitively, you've heard it here first, probably not, but you're hearing it here again. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem is the best Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film that has come out. Out of four that I've seen. How many have you seen? Uh, uh, I think I might have seen one of the Michael Bay ones a while ago and blocked oh, no. it out of my memory. I I wish I could. I wish I could. <laughs> this is such a good movie. I don't know where to start. Uh, <laughs> the animation. Let's start with that, actually. Yeah. It looks grotty, and I love it. So, came out of the cinema, and... My immediate reaction is like most feature film animated production falls into one of two categories in my mind. Mm-hmm. You either have Disney or equivalently realistically proportioned characters and people. So you've got your yeah, you've got your Disney and you've got your sort of characters that look like people and sort of have the style of 
people and the style of like maybe a comic, like a graphic novel or a style of a in proportion sort of person. So like I'd even put something like the Spider-Man Spider-Verse movies into that where as much as the style of that movie is really interesting and unique, the characters themselves are still like pretty, like they're in proportion. They look like they could have been pulled out of a, like, like you put them on a mannequin sort of thing. It's kind of like there's a set of rules that this, this world yeah. abides by. Whereas yeah. in this one, how a one human definitely does not look like another and they could definitely be separate species. <laughs> so I guess like on the other hand, the other like sort of one that feature animated films tend to fall into is this like, hyper cartoony where it's non-proportioned but it's clean and it's symmetrical so i'd look at something like we talked about mitchell's versus the mitchell's versus the machines pretty early on me yep we've you versus all of the machines i beat up a printer but even the characters there again it's a non-standard sort of style but every character is symmetrical every character has a sort of polish to them and every character is sort of clean and you get a cut you get Less films like that, but it still there's this level of like pristineness to them. It looks nice. It it looks yeah, it looks clean. It looks yeah. it's symmetrical, it's it's like finished and polished. This movie is not either of those things. Nope. This movie looks like a sketchbook. It looks like a sketchbook in yeah. the best possible. It looks it looks like someone's actually chosen like it looks like the art director's chosen to go in a, in a with a decision to make everything more abstract without skimping on the like the recognizability of anything so yeah by that i mean we've got this really sketchy muted style so there's no real clean lines anywhere again i'm fairly sure this is 3d in a sort of 2d style in the same way that they did spider-verse but it's sort of sketchy and asymmetrical or every human character doesn't looks imperfect every human character looks imperfect and they have their head slanted weirdly or their nose will be off on one side of their face and the on the one hand it's like it nicely reflects the themes of the film and about prejudice and about fitting in and about looking weird but on the other hand it's just a really interesting way to go with the art direction and Mm. you really don't see any major animated features that go with this because it's not a style that's proven itself in this format. And normally it's more costly because up until sort of a reasonably recent time when we have CG animation that style can be achieved in, trying to approach that in a hand-drawn context is really quite hard to have both a level of consistency and that sort of abstraction to it as well and it's really really good to see that we're seeing more sort of exploration into different art styles that can be achieved with animation as a feature film and as a mainstream large-scale production feature film and then on top of that i know i'm going on a bit no it's good go on top of that um the animation style itself varies depending on from what i could tell varied depending on the characters where some of the the human characters tended to be smoother whereas the turtles and some of the mutants had this sort of delayed stop motioning look to them and i think they use that to affect through most of the film i think the human characters do a lot of that as well actually thinking about it but they animate in a style that's 
much like reasonably reminiscent of stop motion animation. And I think this is to make the animation itself look interesting rather than look like the smooth sort of flowy Disney animation that we've come to sort of associate with animated features. And I know like, yeah, again, I keep talking about Spider-Verse, but um, that's probably the one of the only other big animated feature films with high publicity. I think Spider-Verse is good to talk about because I think Spider-Verse is the reason we're having this kind of renaissance in animation. Yeah, absolutely. You get to use the art direction, use the style of animation to be able to create a film that's not just like animated as a mode of production, but as an art form. and. I really, I really appreciate that. And I think that this movie does it really effectively. Yeah. It does it really effectively. Yeah, I got to totally agree. So yeah, the, I think you're so correct. And as I mentioned two seconds earlier as well, Spider-Verse is definitely, I think basically the reason why we have this so in, into specifically as well. And then I think it's just going to get even more because across the Spider-Verse did gangbusters in the, what's it called? The, Box office. That's the one. Thank you very much. But then we've also got, I don't, the one that's not talked about that much is Enter Galactic, which has, it's the same animation style as mm. Spider Verse. So more closely than what this has. But I'd all kind of like, I mean, then obviously not, but I'd all kind of consider them a similar style of film and just how, mm. like, the, the, you mentioned the, the 2D anime or the 3D. How is it? 2D animated in 3D or 3D animated in 2D? 3D animated in 2D. Thank you very much. Yep. That said, there's a Christmas film called Klaus or Cause. I think it's Klaus, yeah. Klaus that is 2D animated in the style of 3D. It looks amazing. It's on Netflix. Go check it out if you haven't. I should actually watch. That's been on my list for a little while, but I, I, for some reason, just never watch Christmas movies. I say... Even though I did a, a San, the Santa Claus uh, marathon last year, what a good Jew I am! Anyway, this movie—it's it, so good. I think it does what Spider Verse does as well, which is gives us some real sick action, like mm. really good-looking action. And I—I I, I think the one that the standout is both. Well, there's two standouts actually. There's the hallway montage where you get it's kind of like there are different hallways and then you're switching through different turtles and it's a it's a montage in the middle where they're doing investigation work but then there's also the master splinter fight when he's in breaking them out of the lab and the reason why i really like the master splinter fight is because as mentioned before he's voiced by jackie chan and it's basically a jackie chan fight in animation like it's exactly what the old uh jackie chan movies were or like or even rush hour and stuff like that have you seen much jackie chan i don't know i've seen bits and pieces seen enough yeah to get what i'm saying i've seen enough to know what you mean no not not enough jackie chan but enough to understand what i'm saying yeah (laughs) never seen enough jackie chan he's great because yeah he's he's splinters on the back foot through most of that fight and you can tell he's a, a a professional at what he's doing and he's good but obviously the fact that he's also completely uh, surrounded and all that he's on the back foot, which is exactly how Jackie Chan's fights are. He's always, he's this kind of clumsy. He's, he's, the, he's got this mixture of clumsy and efficient mm. and he, you know, he uses the environment against, against his opponents, which, you know, Splinter smashes people's faces with uh, glass mm. jars and, oh, it was really cool. Although we did commit a cardinal sin of action. Once again, there was too many people coming from too many directions and it didn't make sense. 
I, I, I have to be fair. I, I liked, I liked it a lot, but I have to be fair. I did it to Nomarno. I gave for some reason the Meg to a pass because it didn't do it or it gave us a good reason, but there was an open room. They all had guns and yet they didn't kind of go at him. And that, that was unfortunate, but then I forgave it pretty quickly afterwards, but it has to be said. He also just like flat out murders a guy. Which one? And there's one where he's on the ground and he just stabs something into his like face. People just straight up die in this movie though as well. Yeah, I know. I, that just like was a standout for me. It just felt like, oh my God, he just murdered a guy. Just murked a man. I really like that scene for a completely different reason. Oh yeah? Which was the sound design. Yes. The sound design in that scene is really cool. And the sound design throughout the whole movie is 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 really excellent. They use sort of like a different levels of layering within the one scene, depending on the shot, depending on the level of tension in the shot as to how many different parts of the composition are playing. And the more guys splinters fighting at once, the more layers there are to the music. And then when he sort of gets a breath to recover, it might slow down a little bit and drop down to one or two instruments. And I thought that was really a really clever way of utilizing music in an action scene and Mm. a really clever use of sound design in a film that does this quite well and a film that uses music in a really good, really effective and really funny way Yes, as well. I'm just going to use this to segue. but Sure. Go for it. The scoring for this film, I loved. I love the synth wavy melodramatic moments where someone's a bit like Splinter's sad because his boys don't love him anymore. Oh, this reminded me of that scene though as well, where he's got the <laughs> surprise party and they leave him and he's like, oh, he's such a dad. Anyway, please continue talking about the score. Or like there's these quieter moments and you get this sort of like synth wavy music, which I really enjoyed. I, I love synth wave. I don't know. I'm, that's personal bias. I think that's been used really effectively. And then you have these scenes where they just get to use music in a really fun way. There's the car chase scene where they're just, they're just playing. What was the song? Crap. It was noticeable as well. And now I've completely forgotten what the song is. I know what the meme title is. What's the meme title? Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, uh, what's going shit. on? Yeah, um, what's going on with four young ones? But He-Man. I'm like ninety percent sure it was a a cover of the He Man parody. Um. Because they did weird things with like the deep voices in some of the segments and they were just like sort of having fun with it. And I think and they, they do this a couple of different times. They do that with, they do that there. I think that's probably the most noticeable example, but they, they, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. They used music as sort of like a gag in a couple of different scenes. And I've, I felt like normally I, I'm a little bit apprehensive about like music as gags because it tends to date pretty quickly there's like standout exceptions i'll give you that my like the number one standout exception is holding out for a hero in trek 2 
that's I- iconic piece of cinema. I, I think a, a state a thing you need to do if you're going to do a gag with a song is you need to pick a song that's kind of already old or timeless. Yeah, and so you can't pick you can't pick new shit basically. So and and think what you're going because the songs that they have in this movie yeah. are already twenty to thirty years old already, like nineteen nineties type stuff or. You know, or maybe even 20, 20 or aughts. Aughts? Yeah. You're looking it up right now? I'm just looking up whatever, what else was hey, in the soundtrack because. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, um, I'm going to, I'm going to, oh, you good? I was going to entertain. Um, I'll keep entertaining. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, hey. What's going on? Oh, you good? Yeah, no. I'm just. Oh, I'm. I'm like. Hey, yeah, yeah. I said, hey. What's going on? Oh man, that would be the perfect time for me to um seed some more BTS songs in, but I'm not doing that challenge it's anymore. Not- Message in if you like extended lengths of time where we look things up. This happens more often than I think you guys think it does. We cut it yeah, out. Yeah, we cut out a lot of it. Yeah. Um, I might not cut out this one just so you guys get to enjoy it. We'll see. I'll see if it's funny. There is there is a there is the bit where they do sing the BCS song there. Oh, they do, they do. <laughs> when they're being milked. Yeah. Which was a really funny reoccurring joke, by the way. Jackie but, Chan just couldn't say, they're going to milk you. I was like, that's pretty funny. Please continue. Anyway, point is, music is very effectively and really in a really funny way. And I think what my biggest takeaway from that is, and as I said, like the writing before being genuinely funny and the, the dynamics of the cast being funny just because of the way that they got to record, is that I think it's really going back to its roots of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was a comic that was a parody of Daredevil. Yes. Hence the hand slash foot thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's ridiculous. It's I should explain that. Sorry. Cause some people might not know. Uh, in Daredevil, he fights the hand clan or the, it's the, the hand just called the hand? the hand. Right. And then in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they fight the foot. They do fight the foot clan. It is a clan. <laughs> yeah. But even things like, Daredevil's mentor is um, Stick, oh, whereas and they call him Splinter. The, ninja, yeah. the Turtles' mentors is Splinter. There's a couple of other references that I can't remember off the top of my head at the moment. But the comic was originally like a, it was genuinely a parody of these really super serious comics that were coming out at, at the time because Daredevil was one of the first comics that was much more mature than a lot of the other comics that had been coming out and. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as a brand sort of evolved past that, especially in the 2000s. That's why we get these weird, we got these weird like live action films and the comic books got, took on a darker turn as well. But this movie really goes back to the roots of this is a funny concept. It's four turtles that have ninja skills. They're taught by a rat and they're finding a big fly. Now laugh. Now laugh, haha, ha, funny. No, but it is it is genuinely funny, and they take I think a lot of inspiration from that original idea that it is a parody. It is meant to be funny, and it can be serious and funny. 
but it knows it's funny and it does it uses that to great effect. It it doesn't rest on its morals in the sort of that sort of way. I totally agree. It's oh, it's just it's just real fun, basically. It's a very fun film. It's it's the the biggest problem, genuinely my biggest problem with this film is this very similar problem that I had with Barbie. Oh my goodness. Are we gonna get cancelled? <laughs> I hope not. White man doesn't like Barbie. No, I did like Barbie, but I had one big issue with Barbie. I'm making the headlines that we would get oh, yeah. if we Sorry, get canceled. Yeah. When we get our hate, when I get our hate mail. Yeah, because I'm going to get in, implemented in this because I'm on the same podcast as you as well. So yeah. two white men hate Barbie and yeah. also reptiles. Yeah. Yeah. Please continue now with your hate. Is that it's going to age really quickly. It's Interesting. a movie that because of the nature of the writing and the nature of the performances is very reliant on references to contemporary culture, to memes and music and sort of just the idea of being chronically online to an extent. There's jokes about Adele and about Attack on Titan and Avengers Endgame. Avengers Endgame, exactly. Which was a bit of a shock, but still it's 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 a uh, it's dateable it's the other half of the Z- Zack snyder's justice league joke in barbie ah uh, so did i hit the head on the nail there am i because i got oh no you meant in general not specifically the end game part oh my bad, my bad. whoops but i do think this is a very funny film for now i just think that there is a possibility and a pretty high possibility of that that if we revisit this film in 20, 30 years, if the next generation beyond us revisit this film, it's not going to be funny because it's going to be referencing things that just aren't relevant anymore and are dated already. Like there was a reference to Drake in this movie and I was a bit like, oh, when was it written? Because it's already been dated because Drake's Drake's being canceled because he's an anti just, oh, is he an anti-Semite too? No, I'm thinking of Kanye. Drake got cancelled because he was a pedophile, but not, uh, he was grooming. Damn, did we get three anti-Semites in one podcast? Is that bingo? No, no. no. Kanye's an anti-Semite. Drake, yeah. Drake was grooming Millie Bobby, Millie Brown. Bobby Brown. And and Ice Cube may or may not be. We're not sure, and we're not yeah. going to do the research now. Write in. Write in about hip-hop artists who abuse people. Yeah. Don't do that. Just be aware of the media that you're consuming. We won't judge though. Much. Not not like us. Don't don't be like us. Don't be stupid like us. Don't be silly. Don't start a podcast. Don't start a podcast and don't do any research is really the takeaway here. We should what are we? Baseless speculations? That's a deep cut reference. That's a oh I don't think any of our listeners know what that is. No, at least one of our listeners knows what oh, that is. One of us will, yeah. You can look that up on your own time, dear listeners. That's go go listen to that too. They don't need the shout out, but we just like yeah. the show. We 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 just like to share what we enjoy. It's not a shout out; it's a expression of enjoyment. Mm. And also, please, Sans Pants, add us to your network. We'll do it for yeah. free. I mean, no, well, we'd rather not. But like, I mean, yeah, but we'd would take it. I think, uh, yeah, we get the ad revenue, maybe. Maybe let's go back to talking about a film. Uh, yeah, I, I think like that's the one 
concern I have is that yeah. it's going to date a bit, but it's it's very much a film that I would not hesitate to say, book a ticket now and go and see it, and then maybe go and see it again. It's really fun. It's really funny. The art's great. The animation's great. Music's great. It's great. Support, because Puss and Boots almost bombed, and we're just lucky it didn't, so just support this movie. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, as far as I can tell, it hasn't had a huge commercial reception. and But also had a tiny budget, so it doesn't need a huge one to be successful, luckily. And Yeah, it, it, it's a tricky one. Because it'd be nice it, to do better. It, it'd be nice. And like on top of that, it is like trying to revitalize this franchise that's gone a bit stale. Who could have done that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it's, a, it's genuinely a really fun film regardless of it being a registered property and i absolutely recommend it and go see it sooner rather than later is really the takeaway yeah i totally agree i say that a lot i think that's my new i think you think it's Ah. the new i think hell yeah it is baby (laughs) uh i had a point and i lost it max give me back my point you stole it That's not what I meant. And you know it. <laughs> and I have to add that point in. I have to add that sound effect in, even though no point was actually given. <laughs> oh, that's a horrible. I hate that noise. Not, especially when I'm not expecting it. That's been a terrible mistake, mate. We're cutting all this out. It's not going in. Anyway. Oh, I, I, I just look at my notes where I did not write the description of this movie. The baby turtles, how adorable. Right? So I said I said this in my letterbox review. And it's so far got one like. So go like my letterbox review because it's good. They're not turtles. They're, They're tortoises. tortoises. Turtles have flippers. Some turtles have that like that like kind of Yeah, but they have flippers. Tortoises don't have flippers. The red turtle, that was a turtle. It was red. Oh. I don't know if turtles can actually be red, but it was a turtle. I thought you meant Raphael. <laughs> no, no, I don't mean Raphael, the red ninja turtle, because it should be Raphael, the red ninja tortoise. It's just not as catchy. Doesn't doesn't yeah? It, it's got too many syllables. I mean, Teenage Mutant so Ninja Tortoises. Well, actually, now that you say it all in one thing, it's not bad. I don't. Teenage Mutant Ninja Tortoises. Tortoises. Okay, when you do the song, obviously the song was made with a certain amount of syllables. Yeah. And if you add a syllable in, it's not going to sound good. What I wanted to point out is that they also, they didn't do this bit that I was worried they were going to do in this. And then they actually did in the Michael Bay produced versions is when you first meet the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the titular Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they do this thing to... Uh, uh, April O'Neil, Megan Fox, they're explaining who they are and they go, yeah, we're ninjas and we're turtles and we're kind of mutated or we're mutated turtles and also we're teenagers. And so then she goes, so you're mutant ninja turtle teenagers? And then one of them goes, well, if you say it like that, it sounds silly. Wanted to kill myself while watching that, but they didn't do it in this movie. They, It's like the... It's the th- it's the thing that Marvel does where they they point at something that's silly because it's a comic book and go, look how silly this is. I mean, they they sort of like get to the precipice of that. There is that scene where but they they're like, don't do it. They they, they don't, don't do it. They don't do it. And 
Instead, they go for the they go for the much funnier bit. Do they have ears? That's so funny. Oh, it, I mean, seriously, I, I, that sounded like I was making fun of you. It is funny. Movie is funny. Go watch it. And they don't do the shit house jokes that Marvel's made popular. And then Michael Bay. I hate you, Michael Bay. I'll never forgive you for what you did to. Oh, I don't care about Transformers. Genuinely laughing in my seat through this film. One of my favorite jokes has to be when it's Donna Heller driving the car and they're like, how do you, how do you, how do you know how to drive? It's all my hours and Forza Horizon. Yeah. I mean, that's a good bit. Real, real, real Gran Turismo uh, uh, thing, right? <laughs> I'm He's just, a sim driver. I, but Grand, but Grand, no, Grand Forza Horizon is not a sim. Is not a sim it's an arcade game. racer. Yeah. It's not, well, not an arcade arcade, but it's not a sim. Definitely. It's, I had a lot of fun with. This is a very funny film and the jokes are very funny and they're delivered in a really excellent way. And each of the turtles actually feels like a unique character. Um, yeah. And they don't all look the same. They're, they're all probably different turtles. I think they're all different turtles. Well, I don't know if they're like different turtle species. No, I reckon like, they are. I reckon they're different types. One of them's a in a, lot of, in a lot of Tangent Ninja Turtles media, the only way you can differentiate the turtles is the colors they wear. These characters, these turtles actually have different character designs mm. and it's good. Yeah. It, no, it, it looks they, nice. They do wear the bandanas a lot of the time and that's fine, but like you can still tell when they're not the, tur- when they don't have them on who's who. It's kind of funny how often they do wear those bandanas as well. Like it, it kind of becomes a bit of a bit as well. Yeah. Oh, you know what I really liked? Sorry. I, I know we were running, we're, we're kind of running late, but I want to continue talking about this. Uh, what I really liked was the first time they get in a fight, they're all going, yeah, we've been, we've trained, but we actually don't know how to fight people. <laughs> and that whole first fight is a mixture of them te- having the skill because they've got, they know it down, but also just kind of panicking and getting lucky as well. Yeah. And I mean, it starts off with, uh, Raphael trying to throw one of his sides and it embeds itself in uh, Donatello's leg, and yeah. which is in the trailer, but it's still just very funny. It's very funny, and the aftermath of that scene where they're hiding, yeah, from April O'Neil, and yeah, it's a very funny film, and yeah, it's definitely one that's worth watching sooner rather than later. So stop what you're doing if you're at work. Just say you gotta leave. So you got shit. I mean, that doesn't mean you have to take the rest of the day off. But like really bad. Say you got to go to your turtle's funeral. Oh, your turtle died? No, wait, that's a bad one. Nick, means you can't use that excuse again ever if your turtle actually dies as well. Yeah. um, You had to go to a get a blood test. In case you're a mutant. Yeah. So you can't get milked. So rush out, you r- rush out, go see it. Whatever yeah. you're doing. I, I just want to also mention, I think sad dads is my weak weakness. <laughs> I don't know why. Cause Mitchell's versus the machines heavily exclusively got sad dads all through it. Not exclusively. I don't know why I say exclusive, but heavily has sad dads all through it. This movie, I mentioned it earlier when we were talking about, wow. Uh, something i don't know but i said the part where he splints trying to figure out why his sons are acting weird so he throws them a surprise party with pizza and and which they love and and chris cutouts 
Oh, and, he, oh, and the, the Chris cutouts. I've completely forgotten. They currently say that Chris Pratt's... Oh, Chris, yeah, Chris Pratt's the best Chris. No, fuck. Not Chris Pratt. Chris Pine. Chris Pine. That would be, I was like, Chris Pratt's the wrong one. He's a Pratt. The, the, his name... No, Chris Pine's the best Chris, which Chris Pine is the best Chris, by the way. But I'm not going to debate that right now. You nodded, so it seems like we agree, which is good. Chris Pine is the best Chris. Thank God. All right. He's so good. Uh... But he, he, they leave and he looks so sad and my heart breaks and I don't know why because my dad is not a sad dad. So it's not like I relate to this at all. It's just, I don't know why with sad dads, cause it's, it's sad dads when they're trying to not be bad. Like obviously if a dad's an abusive dad, which there's a lot of those in media and real life, but media is what I'm talking about. And they're sad in that. I don't give a shit there. But if it's a sad dad because the kid accidentally hurts their feelings or even deliberately, oh man, I'm a, it hurts me right in the soul. And the person I was watching it with, because I saw it with a friend, I I turned to look at them and they would like look to me and we're just kind of like, like maybe I, I tried to do a face and obviously that doesn't work on podcasting. We did like a sad dog face, you know, the one where you, like you drop your mouth and like, yeah. mm, like we, we were so sad. I was like, oh no, Splinter, please. I, w- I would hug Splinter in a heartbeat, even though he looks like a disgusting mess of a creature, but I... I love and, him. And he hates you. You're oh, he does. Damn it. I could be nice. If I'm nice, he'll like me. He likes April. Yeah, because she's one of the good ones. All right, let's move on. Wrap it up. <laughs> oh, we're gonna do so, the we're gonna do so the what'd you, what'd you what'd you rate this? What'd you rate this? Oh, uh, you're gonna you're gonna think this is hilarious. All right. This is the best joke I've come up with so far. You ready? Yeah. Four Renaissance painters out of five. Come on. Oh, no. Okay, I'm oh, gonna. No. I, can I? Can I screen share with you? What? How? I, I don't. I don't know. We're not. We're I, not talking over Discord. I know, but I. I want to screen share with you so I can show you what I wrote down as my score. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna send it to you as as text. Oh, fuck me. All right, text or messenger. On messenger. Because if we do messenger, I can look at it as we as we uh, record. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I wrote this down. Oh oh my gosh. And one impressionist. (laughs) (laughs) I gave this film four (laughs) Renaissance painters and one impressionist out of five. That's four and a half out of five. The impressionist is half a Renaissance. Look, our sense of humor is so close together, it was bound to happen. And I'm kind of glad it was this one. (laughs) Okay. I didn't have the impressionist though, so you I'll give you the joke to you because you had to work a little bit extra for that. But that's good. That's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 four and a half out of five for me. Good rating. Obviously good. Oh, that's kind of cute though. We um because you only gave four for uh red total, right? Mm. Yeah, so we both we both gave the same scores, just inverted. But we both liked both movies anyway. Uh, I actually, usually you have the fan, all the fan slash hate mail. Oh, it's all, it's all fan mail, but, uh, usually you have the, uh, the mail, right? Yeah. I have the mail, the mail address. I got a text from one of our fans. Who gave you, who gave you a number fan? It was a really lovely person I met at a bar. It's someone, so obviously someone I know. Yeah. I just need to find it. Hold on. I should have been prepared. 
So this is in response to our Grand Tea Tour. Uh, Grand Tea Tour? Grand Grand Tour episode, but Grand Torino and Grand Turismo. Here we go. It starts off really... Fan mail! Max, just watch me jump from the sound effect being played. You can insert that wherever you want. I just I forgot to run it. I forgot to run it. I'll do it there because I made a comment about jumping from it. Hi, Mitchell. FYI, no motorsport bars the entry of women. That is F1, FIA, etc. Because we said that it was gendered, but it's actually not. To which I said, Max said it, not me. (laughs) Uh, Threw you under the bus. But thank you for letting me know. So could a lady have participated in Le Mans? Question mark. Question mark. Mons. Asterix. Yes. Gonna bring it up in fan mail next week. And then I said, do you mind if I say who it was? And they say, just say a listener. And then I just get a bunch of pictures of women who have participated in Le Mans. It's a list. It's a list from Wikipedia. (laughs) So... My fix could have worked. We could have just have a, had a woman. This is an episode, what, two weeks ago? Oh, weeks in quotation mark. We released it the same week as Minari and Afterlife as well. I mean, no, we didn't. We released it all in the right time. But we, yeah, my fix could have worked. We, they could have just made one of the female uh, drivers a Le Mans racer. So I was having a look like back. It, it goes back to like the 1930s. They had a, uh, they had race, female races in the Le Mans. There you go. Damn. I got scorned bad. Yeah, I think we need to be better. And then, yep. and then I said lots of them said, oh, they said, fuck. <laughs> they said, these are all female teams in Le Mans. And said, yes, tomorrow is on because I asked them. No, I can't say this because it'll make it obvious who it is. Anyway, point is... How much is this getting cut out? I need to restart this. Uh, <laughs> I'll just cut around it. It's fine. And then they said, sorry for my rant. So yeah, uh, that's our fan mail for the week. I don't know if you want to play it again. Yeah, sorry. I'm just reading Wikipedia. Oh, okay. I was bracing. Fan mail. It's so loud. Uh... But yeah, oh no, computer turn back on. I need to do the outro. Okay. I, I mean, do you, you don't have any mail, do you? No, I don't have any mail this week. This has been the Blockbusted Podcast. I've been Mitch. Sorry, I'm He's still- been Max. I'm, I'm still caught up on the-, on the So, so there, there is an all-female single-seat racing championship called the W Series. It was an F1 series. Mm-hmm. So I'm vaguely I'm correct. Confu- I'm so confused. I'm going to look this up later. Yeah, I guess we could have Wait, a I'm debate. I'm getting notes from our manager. It's not only men. No, show a picture of a rat. It's just sexism. Oh yeah, well that's that's what the uh, listener said. It's it's sorry. more because of just sorry, sorry, <laughs> listeners. I did a unintentional sexism, and I apologize deeply. Yeah, you're part of the problem. Yeah, because I'm uninformed. It's true. We, again, I think this comes down to we need to do more research before we do our podcasts. Our manager is threatening me through your my, your camera. Or me? No, me. Both of us? Oh, both of us. 
Can I imagine hear me? No. Oh, I imagine managed to nod yes and no responses to stuff that I was saying. Hey, sh- can you hear Mitch? No. Hmm. That was um, extraordinarily. Manager uh, has said I am the sport knower. Knower of sport. You, it's true. I'm cutting the rest of this part out. Not your. All right. Do you want to run the intro again? The outro. Out the outro oh, again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> This has been the Blockbusted Podcast. I've been Mitch. I've been Max. You can send us questions, reviews, and warranted hate mail at blockbustedpotty at gmail.com. And if you have it, also my phone number. You can just text that to me. That's make sure you say the- that it's fan mail. Otherwise, he'll just think it's a regular text. Yeah. If you don't say anything, I will assume you're just being mean. Because that happens a lot over my texts. Don't be mean to Mitchell on text. Please don't. Yeah, I'd appreciate it. Uh, that's potty, spelled P-O-D-D-I-E. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter slash X at the username BBPotty and TikTok at Blockbusted Potty. I checked recently to see if I could change it. It was still not 30 days. Uh, I think it's like end of September when we can change it. Uh, this week, I want you to sabotage someone trying to get out of a bad situation, much like a certain red turtle. Like the one that was getting beaten to death. Well, don't beat, be, be the person who gets beat to death. Wait, I, I don't want to be beat to death. It's too bad, my friend. I like turtles.